0: As you know, we've been going through uh, Paul's letter to the Church of Colossae. And this morning we come to the end part of that letter. Now it would be good maybe to go home this afternoon or sometime through the week. Just read through that letter. It doesn't take long. It's a short letter. But Paul has already spoken about the supremacy of Jesus. Paul has laboured for the Church and he tells the people of Colossae. He's never seen them. So he tells them how he has laboured for the church and for them. And he also reminds them of the freedom they have in Christ. And you'll see that as you go through it. And he also shows them how to live for Christ. That's important for us today. You know, there's so many things around us that distract us and will take us away from the word, And this is what basically society wants to do. It wants to do away with Christianity. That is to do away with Christ. And we see that daily. Paul, apart from speaking to the church in Colossae in in a general way, he recognised the fact that the church is made up of individuals. He has spoken directly to the church, but he's also spoken directly in an individual way. Who too? Well, we've seen that as we've gone through the book mums and dads, husbands, wives, children, adults of different walks of life, from the youngest to the oldest, from the privileged to the less privileged, to those in authority, and to those with very little authority. From verse 2 through to verse 6 of chapter 4, you'll see there that Paul directs his attention he's directing it back to everybody within earshot of his letter. A letter that was meant to be read publicly, aloud, in in, in a good loud voice for everybody to hear, everybody who was in the congregation. This letter would have been read out from start to finish. Do you ever write a letter now? We think it's a hard task to write, a letter. So much easier to send a text. You don't have to say much. And it's much easier to maybe, you know, uh, well, phone somebody up. But that gets a bit harder when you don't talk to them. But a letter is always difficult. But it's what about in those days? Letters in those days, first of all, they were carried by hand and delivered by the person who set out with it. In some cases, they would travel many months And they would, in some cases, travel not over land, but over sea, in order to deliver this letter. So what does Paul have to say at the close of this letter to the church at Colossae? Well, let me just read again, uh, verses 2 to 6. And think about these, and we look at them very briefly. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that god may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of christ for which i am in chains pray that i may proclaim it clearly as i should be wise in the way you act towards outsiders make the most of every opportunity let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So, just a brief look at those few verses to start off with. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. You know, it, it's a challenge to be able to devote ourselves to anything. That's true, isn't it? You know, it might last for a short period and then we wander off in other directions. It's not easy to devote yourself to anything. And to be devoted calls for two things. It calls for love, and it calls for loyalty. Get that. Devotion calls for love and loyalty. When Paul speaks about devotion, in all his letters, he'll often use the illustration of a soldier, or maybe even an athlete. Why does he do that? Because they are people who dedicate themselves to achieve the goal that is set before them. They have a desire to want to do it. It's a good thing, isn't it? They have a desire to want to do it. The determination to carry on and achieve it. And they have the privilege to reap the rewards that are there at the end. What does Paul say? He specifies it. He says here, devote yourself to prayer. You know, I'm speaking to you here. It's so hard. So hard. So challenging. Devote. That's why Paul says it. Because it is. If it wasn't, he wouldn't need to say it. Devote yourself to prayer. I'd like to go to the dictionary. and I'll go see what the dictionary tells us about prayer. This is what the dictionary says. This is the de- dictionary definition. Prayer is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God. That's simple, but it's so true, isn't it? A dictionary definition. Anyone can go and look it up and see what it means. A solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God. What about that word watchful? Why does Paul throw that word watchful in? Well, Paul knows that we need to be watchful and he's going to explain that, or this is explaining why he says what he's going to say a little bit later at the end of this letter. See, watchful is to be aware, to know what's going on around us, you know, to be in touch with Yes, with world news, to be in touch with local news, to be in touch with local activities, to be in touch with politicians, what they're doing, what they're saying. Be in touch with each other. What's happening in your community? What's happening in the lives of yourselves and in the lives of your friends? Recognize the needs that are there. And what does that do? Why put this word watchful with prayer? It's so that when you are watchful, you can pray intelligently isn't listening in order to pray intelligently he need to know where the needs are and what's going on and we fall down, we don't do that we should and again that's why Paul says it and Paul's request is pray for us as well he's not saying only pray for us he knows there are all these other things that people need to pray for and he fits this in, he says pray for us as well that's good now this is not a demand, this is a request. And it's for them in the church to be able to pray intelligently and to be able to pray intelligently for Paul. That's why Paul tells them what he needs. And notice that request is not just for him. He says, for us. In other words, include me. And others around me, others with me, others I know. Include them as well in your prayer. And he'll tell them, here in his letter, who the others are. That's great. And that's what I want us to think about, because they're not just names. And that's really the heading for our message this morning. These people are not just names. Look in the mirror. You are not just a name. You are who you are. You are a person. There is a personality attached to that name. There is a lifestyle. There is a history. And there is a future and there's a presence. And it's you. You're not just a name. You know one of my faults? It always has been. Probably it's an age thing now. (laughs) But it's always I cannot remember people's names. Even family names. Stella knows them. I've got cousins. I can just about remember the names of the cousins. Ask me the names of the second cousins. I don't know. Ah, Stella will be talking about somebody. Who's that? That's your second cousin. Well, 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 where is she in the line? I'm just hopeless with names. So I always ask uh, what's her, what's the name about Stella? <laughs> I always ask. So if I forget your name, it's, it's who I am. I just can't remember names. I don't know why, but there you go. But Paul, how is the thing? He's 30,000 miles away from this church. He's in Rome. He's in a prison. He's in chains. Probably chained to a wall or a Roman guard, or maybe even both. Paul. What does he want? He tells us. He wants freedom. Paul. In a Roman prison. Chain. He wants freedom. He wants the doors to be opened. Wouldn't you? I, think I would. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is Paul speaking. Paul wants Freedom, not from the shackles that are around his feet or his hands. He wants the door to be removed. It's not the prison door, but he wants the people to pray to be removed. Paul wants freedom for the gospel, for the gospel to be preached by him and by others. He wants doors to be doors of opportunity that can be swung open and that people can hear the gospel. And then he wants the doors of people's hearts to be open to the gospel so that they can respond to the truth of the gospel. He says in verse four, look at it, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ This is the mystery. Why did Jesus have to die? (laughs) The truth of the mystery and the answer to the mystery is because we are sinners. And that God, as high as he is, and Jesus, as high and mighty that he is, came down and died. That's a mystery. And this mystery is revealed. The mystery of Christ. And then Paul says, for which I am in chains. He's not a criminal. He's in prison because he preached the truth. There's many in prison today throughout the world because they preach the truth. There's many who are prepared to stand before the court in this country because they stood up in a marketplace or on a street corner and preached the truth. What does Paul want for himself? Again in verse four, pray that I might proclaim it clearly gospel needs to be understood he's a clever man he knows the scriptures backwards he doesn't want to use that if the people he's speaking to don't understand it it's a great lesson for us there he wants to preach it clearly and then he follows it up by saying this as i should as i should maybe he doesn't want to maybe he wants to show his intellect what are people going to do that? We need to preach it clearly. And Paul knows that. That's why Paul, this very clever man who was taught by Gamaliel, you can even read about Gamaliel in the history books, he was so famous as being the best teacher of his day of the scriptures of God's word. Paul said, Pray that I teach it clearly, as I should. That's how I should. Not what I want, but how God wants me to do it. The fact that this letter has reached this church at Colossae, way back in those days, all those hundreds of miles across land and sea, carried by, there were actually a couple of people carrying this letter in Paul's name. church has reason to be thankful even for this. <laughs> it costs a lot more than a first-class stamp to get this letter across to this church you know What does Paul want for them? He wants them to be wise in the way they act towards others. that's how to live their life outside the church and inside the church. Make the most of every opportunity when the gospel presents itself. He wants to be able to take that opportunity and he wants them to be able to take that opportunity. Great lessons for us here. Great challenges here. He wants them to share the gospel. But more than that, he wants them to live the gospel. It's a short letter. He says all these things. At the end of this letter, he's saying all these great things that we skip over. Oh, we're at the end of the letter now. Blah 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 just a list of names. Whoa, I'm on a bit. <laughs> this is not just a list of names. This is the end of his letter. You know, we always want to say one of the most important things just before we go, don't we? Before you leave the house. You got the church keys. You got your phone. You've got your Bible. You got your notes. Yeah? at the end. That's what Paul's doing. Well, you've got to listen to this. Don't write it off. As often we do. Oh, I've nearly finished the letter now. i will skip this bit. It's just a little bit. A load of names that are hard to pronounce. Oh, I love this. I love the fact that I stood with these some of these names to pronounce it. Um, what he used to call um, Thessalonica. Yeah? Everybody Within the churches called it Thessalonica, so it became a holiday place. Thessalonica, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Do you remember uh, Trevamins? No, you probably don't because they're now called Tribor, yeah. Names pronounce names, anyway. That's another thing. Well, here we have. A reminder and this reminder is that names are important and Paul has said let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone remember what Jesus said to his disciples this is in Matthew 5 verse 13 what did he say to them he said to them you are the salt of the air and he goes on and says if the salt loses its savor Good for nothing. You like salt? You're not supposed to eat eat a lot of it, but you still need it. Anybody here eat chips without salt? No. Oh, we got one in the back. (laughs) This is the far more tasty with salt. (laughs) Now we can have a long discussion and an argument as to how good salt is for chips, but listen, you can't argue about how salt the salt of the gospel is good for you and I as believers as Christians as we go into the world salt purifies yeah that's how before you had the freezers and all that salt purified food salt adds taste to food look at all the kookery programs and they'll always have of salt yeah little bit of flavour how about Somewhere words from Peter. This is 1 Peter 3 verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, that's the first thing. Always be prepared to give an answer who to? to everyone who asks you to give a reason. A reason for what? For the hope that you have. And then he goes on. But do this with gentleness and respect. They are fruits to the Spirit. Gentleness and respect. That's a sign of who you are, if you are a believer who's accepted Jesus as your savior. I'm gonna go a bit quicker here, just finish this off, because I wanna finish this chapter, I hope you'll bear with me. Um, but in verse seven to nine, there's more to tell. Paul couldn't get all this into one letter, but one of the people he's sent with to deliver this letter can tell them more about Paul. This is Tychicus in verse 7. He'll tell you all of the news all about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant of the Lord. And he says, I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that you may be, you may encourage your hearts. He's coming with our but a But our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you, they will tell you everything that happens to me. So they're going to bring the news orally. They're going to sit down. They're going to chat to people and tell them other things about Paul. You know, Paul maybe he had a shipwreck. Oh yeah, I can tell you all about that. Oh, what about, it's happening in this area and that area. Oh yeah, this is happening. So all this would be fed into the church in addition to the letter. But Titicus, these are not just names. Very quickly. Here Paul calls him a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servants in the Lord. Paul says the same thing about him in his letter to the church at Ephesus. We're here, like here in Colossae, he tells the Ephesians that Tychicus is a dear friend and a fellow worker. See, he wasn't just a messenger who carried the message, he had a message himself to bring and to share. It's good, isn't it? We do, don't we? We have a message to share. Paul had a message he's put in his letter now Titicus will tell you and he'll give you his side and he'll tell you about himself he'll tell you more about me he'll tell you about what's happening to be able to do that he must have been a great friend of Paul's closely involved with him in the work of the gospel a faithful friend who's travelled many long miles to deliver this letter in person on behalf of Paul how do I know that? Because the Bible tells me. You can read all about him. Acts chapter 20, Ephesians 6, 2 Timothy 4, Titus 3, as well as here in Colossians. So you can read all about him. We know more. It's not just a name, he's a man, he's a person. He has a story to tell. These names are not just names. They are like you and I. Onesimus, he was mentioned. Onesimus was a runaway slave. He has a great story a runaway slave who who ran away from his master, who who found Christ, who met with Paul. Maybe Paul told him the gospel. Maybe Paul met him in prison. We don't know. Maybe he was in jail with Paul and then he was freed because it was a a Jewish offense that he committed. But we don't know. But It's a great story. Do you want to read about him? You don't have to buy his book, you know. You've already got it. You've already got it. It's in Paul's letter to Philemon. Paul's letter to Philemon was probably carried with the letter to Colossae at the same time and distributed at the same time Onesimus was there in Colossae because when they delivered the letter to Philemon it was a personal letter all about Onesimus yeah, read it. it's a great story, it's even shorter than Paul's letters to Colossians I think it's just a letter I don't know, it's chapter, it might be but there you go, only a short letter verses 10 through to 15 of chapter 4 that we're looking at People who were with Paul in Rome. It's not more than just a list of names. It's people who were with him in Rome. Verse 10. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greeting. So does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. That is Mark. If he comes to you, welcome him. Aristarchus. I don't know if I pronounced it right. That's the way I pronounce it. Paul calls him his fellow prisoner so at this point he's with paul in rome he's not in jail as a prisoner he's there in prison with paul to help him probably to bring his food to look after him maybe to help him with his letters maybe to take the letters out of the prison to give it to those who were going to bring it uh, to the different churches he was with paul in that long treacherous journey that included a shipwreck the ship was wrecked in a storm that lasted 14 days they were tipped up on the Isle of Malta. And then they continued their journey to Rome. He was with Paul. Mark. You know who this is? This is John Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Now you can read about this. In our Bibles, Paul fell out with Mark because he deserted him on Paul's first missionary journey. Later, Paul refused to take him. On the next, the second journey, and he had a falling out with Barnabas, Mark's cousin. But eventually, it was all reconciled. And later, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, Paul said, this is Mark. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. That's reconciliation. That's great. I want to just for a few moments go back, go back to... Just at the time of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, when Peter was in prison, and while Peter was in prison, they were all praying for him. And they were all in a house praying for him. And the Lord released Peter, the prison doors opened. Peter went to the house, knocked on the door, Rhoda, the servant, came. And she was so excited to see Peter, because they were praying for him, they'd be released. She ran back in and she said, It's Peter, it's Peter. But she forgot to open the door. And they probably said, where is he? Oh, oh he's at the door. They went back. You know where this took place? This took place in Mark's house. Yeah. Mark, as a youngster, was there during that prayer meeting when Peter, and you know, this is the same Mark. In Acts 12, verse uh, 12. When this had dawned on him, this is Peter, don't him. he's free from prison. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. Where the people were <laughs> gathered and prayed. It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. Mark. You recognize that name? Yes, it is. It's the same Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark. He was there during the time that Jesus preached his ministry. He was only a youngster during the time that Jesus was arrested when he was crucified when he rose again. Mark knew the disciples. He grew up with Peter. That's where he got his information for writing his gospel. He travelled with Paul. He fell out with Paul. We don't know why he, he, he deserted him on the... Maybe he's a youngster and he, he wanted to go home. <laughs> Back to the with his own bed, and a, a nice cup of tea. I don't know. But later he was reconciled and he later worked with Paul. This happened when Mark was young. He grew up during the time of Jesus and he travelled with Paul and he wrote the gospel Now we come to verse 11 of our passage very quickly Jesus who is called justice also sends greetings these are the only Jews among my fellow workers of the kingdom of God and they have proved a comfort to me Jesus who is called justice that's all we know about him we don't really know much more you know something we know his name all these years later, I wonder how many people in, let's say, let, let, let me be sort of, you know, okay at this. In 50 years, we'll remember my name. How I many? Maybe one or two. Go a bit further and make it 70 years. Maybe one or two. Or one, and a bit further. But beyond that. But well, here, Jesus, who is called Justice, we've got his name. And it will stay there. And if you meet him in glory and he says, My name's Jesus Justice, you say, Oh, you know Paul. Tell us about him. Yeah. Just a name? No, not just a name. Epaphras, verse 13 who is one of you, a servant of Christ, sends his greetings, he's always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured, vouch for him, that he's working hard for you, and for those in Laodicea and Erapahos. Epaphras, a man of prayer, a man from Colossae, he heard Paul preach, probably in Ephesus, Took the gospel back to his hometown of Colossae, probably established a church there, maybe even set up and established the two churches that have just been mentioned in the same area. Remember that Paul said at the start of his letter, I won't read this to you, but it's chapter 1, verse 3 to 8, and he will will mention Epaphras, and he will say, Paphras, you know the one who is from your town, the one he's one of you. The one who brought the gospel to you, the one who set up the church here, Paul is writing this. Paul doesn't know them. He's not met them, but he knows Epaphras. Maybe Epaphras was on a business journey to Rome, like he might have been in Ephesus, and met Paul. And maybe at Ephesus, he'd sought out Paul when he got to Rome, because at Ephesus, maybe that's where he became a Christian, in Paul's ministry. Not just a name, faithful minister. The dear servant of Christ. Luke. Luke the doctor and Demas. Verse 14. Our dear friend Luke the doctor and Demas send greetings. Luke. We know a lot about Luke. Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles. Luke was a doctor. Luke was with Paul. Luke was with Paul on that journey to Rome. He suffered that shipwreck. He was on the island of Malta. He was a doctor. He was a physician. A good person to have with you. Luke was there. With 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 Paul towards the end, you can read all this. It's all here in Scripture. Demas, this is a sad story. Here in Colossi, he's mentioned. He's also mentioned in the letter to Philemon, which I said were probably sent at the same time. Epaphras, my. Um, where are we? Mm-hmm. Right. Demas, okay Demas our dear friend, Luke and Doctor, and Demas so Demas at this point is a friend with Paul but you know, when you come further down you will hear in 2 Timothy 4 verse 10 this is what Paul says Demas because he loved this world, has deserted me, and has gone to Thessalonica. He deserted Paul, he deserted Christ. He was tempted in to the things of this world. And by the time Paul wrote this second letter to Timothy, Demas was back in the world. Verse 15, chapter 4. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nymphia and the church in her house. This lady, more than just a name, she gave her house over for the church meetings. She showed hospitality. She had an open house. Verse 16 to 18. After this letter has been read, See to it that it's read in the church at Laodicea and that you, in turn, read the letter to the Laodiceans. This is church unity. This is churches working together. Verse 17, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. Archippus, probably the leader of the church at Colossae, and he's being encouraged to continue in this work. Verse 18, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. What do we know from this closing passage of Paul's letter to the Church of Colossae? A passage that we many times skip over as being just a list of names, but now we see they are not just names, they are people, people like you and me people involved in the work of the gospel, people who have their own story to tell. Some of them very famous, some of them we know, Mark, Luke, some of them we only know their name, but they're just as important. That lady who we've just read her name, um, but I've just said, what was her name again? Uh, Nympha, 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 it's one of those names I can't pronounce, but she, what did she do? She let the church come and meet in her house. She offered hospitality. Somebody's just gone through to make the tea and the coffee. Hospitality. This is it. This is who we are. More than just friends. Paul is not giving us a list of names. And we here are not just a list of names. We are people. Individual people. All different. Different ages. People different abilities both physical and intellectual people who are here together as one as Paul said and he said it in this letter Jews and Gentiles these are the only Jews with me but then he goes on to speak about all the Gentiles and how great they were in their way whether in the eyes of you and I it seems to be a little way it's not a little way my big toes, not much. Where would I be without him? Where would I be? I probably wouldn't be able to walk. It's how important it is. We need each other. And a reminder, Demas, a friend who exchanged his love of God for love of the world. Let me finish with a verse from Matthew 16 26. What good will it be for someone? To gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul or what can anyone give in exchange for his soul that's a thought to take with us and as a christian what can we give for our salvation nothing nothing yeah. uh, because there's no need it's all been done christ did it when he died on the but as a Christian, what can we give? Well, we've got the examples here in Paul's letter in his final address to the church at Colossae. Why is it still here? Because it's for the church of Croxton. It's for the church at Bethel. It's for the churches all around the country. It's for the churches in Saudi Arabia. It's for the churches who are now Having to hide because of war. It's for the churches who maybe gather together, maybe one person on their own, hidden away from the authorities in the fear of being thrown into prison or killed. But that person is part of the church. (laughs) So that's for him or her and for us. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that we will really see the the depth of these things, and not just that, that they are applicable to each of us as individuals, as well as being for us as a united church. Father, just speak to us through your word, and we ask it in your name.